Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Miguel Rosas, the owner of the New Style Hair Academy and Barbershop in Moline. And this is the first time for us to discuss body art on this program, so you're in for some fun today. Miguel's work has been recognized nationally by CNN and the Huffington Post, among other news outlets, after several of his hair portraits went viral. Welcome, Miguel. Thank you. Yeah. Your recognition has been tied in large part to your portraits of famous people's faces that you shave onto the back of customers' heads. And and when I say portrait, I mean a a very intricate, immediately uh, recognizable picture of of a social icon. I didn't believe it until I saw your photos on Instagram. How do you do this exactly? Well, usually I have to find the right picture of that person's face that I want to do. So sometimes I may have to edit it a little bit so that it's more of a black and white picture of their face. And pretty much, instead of drawing on a canvas like most people do who are artists, I have to do the exact negative. I have to do the opposite, where I'm etching the hair away so that the image remains on their head. And usually I have to start usually in the center point of the face, which is the nose, and I work my way out. That way um, I can kind of see and scale on the back of the person's head where I want to start. That way, if by the time I get down to the chin, I make sure that there's still hair to cut. Otherwise... In the past, I have, like, started in the wrong place. And by the time I got to, like, their chin, I was, like, too low on the neck where there was no more hair. So this person, so, like, the portrait may not have a chin on it. So I just have to really make sure I scale it in the right position and start, you know, on the right part of the back of the head. Mm-hmm. There really is an analogy with what you do to, to painting or, or sculpture almost because you are you are um, shaving and starting with the highlights. And there's there's a lot of depth to your to your portraits, if you will, and you really use your clipper like a paintbrush. Yeah, so like, if anybody's familiar with getting a haircut or going to barber shops, the barber usually uses like that smaller trimmer to do like the outline when they're gonna like you know do the edge or clean the neck hair up. I pretty much use that smaller tool that's called a trimmer. I'll use that to pretty much create my basis, so like my foundation of the main parts of the face, the nose, the lips, stuff like that. So once I have that kind of etched out. Then I use my actual clipper that has a taper lever on it. There's usually a little lever on the side of the clipper so that you can change like the lengths of hair that are being cut. I'll use that to kind of create my different depths in my shadowing and my shades to make it look more lifelike. Mm-hmm. Well, they are absolutely amazing. And we'll put um, some pictures, of course, on the WVIK website. So I, I certainly encourage listeners to to look at that. Several of your hair portraits have gone viral online. What do you think has been your most famous creation to date? So the most the most famous one to date would probably be the one that I've did of Jake Arrieta back in 2015. Uh, you know the Cubs they had their big, uh, you know, uh, well they got you know they finally won the World Series after 108 years I think it was, and so 2015 was just a big year for them. You know they're World Series bound. It's a young team. You know they just had a really great record and it came down to playoff time where. If they pretty much beat the Pirates, they were going to go on to play the Cardinals and then after that go on to the World Series. So Jake Arrieta earlier in the year won a Cy Young Award, and I believe he threw a a no-hitter at this point. So I figured, you know, 
I kind of think I should do a picture of Jake Arrieta's face. He's he's really hot right now, you know, for the Cubs. And so I just I called the I called this kid up who I do a lot of portraits on because he has really thick hair, and I cut Jake Arrieta's face into the back of his head. You know, Jake Arrieta. You know, he's got the the Cubs hat on, the the Cubs logo in the hat, the beard. I actually left the beard on the back of the kid's hair longer to give it a really 3D look. So once I get done cutting it, I go to a restaurant and I'm sitting down eating with my family and I look over and my phone is just like lighting up. It's going crazy. And I actually had the, the young kid with me. I, I brought him to eat with us and all of a sudden some older lady comes up and she's like, hey, I think you're that, you're, you're that haircut that's on Bleacher Report right now and on ESPN. And I just was kind of shocked. I'm like, what? Huh? You know what happened? So I grabbed my phone and I look, and Jake Arrieta actually retweeted because I because I mean after I did the haircut, of course I I put it on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, so it went viral, mm-hmm. and someone in the restaurant knew before I did. She's like, "Oh, that's that. You know, you're famous right now." So and you course, really were, and ultimately that that boy that you cut this portrait on had his picture taken with Jake Arrieta. Yeah, because after that, I mean, I got a phone call from a I think it was ABC in Chicago, either them or Fox 32. And they asked if I'd come up there and do an interview. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I could do that. So I, I took it upon myself. Well, if they're that excited to see it, I bet the other uh, stations up there would be excited. So I called everybody else up there. You know, I called, uh, I think I called like, the. I mean, they pretty much have everything up there, you know, ABC, NBC, uh, uh, Fox, ESPN. I pretty much called all of them. And I, pretty much had the whole day filled with interviews. I figured, you know, I might as well take it upon myself as well because it's, it's free advertising for my business. So, you know. Absolutely. What, this was not your first one. Um, when did you make your first portrait? And, um, and, and what was it of? So the very first time that I – the very first portrait that I ever, ever did, I tried to do a, a portrait of Barack Obama's face in the back of my cousin's hair because that's what he wanted. And I actually created a stencil on paper – and so what I did was I cut the stencil out and I put it up to the back of my cousin's head and try to cut around the area where I had cut out of the stencil, like almost like how you would cover a pumpkin. And it just didn't turn out good at all. It looked really crazy. It looked like an alien's face or something weird. So I just shaved it off. And you're not doing stencils anymore. You're no. you're you're looking at an image on your phone, but then you're you're doing this freestyle. Yes. I mean that was the only time I've ever tried to like create a stencil and it just didn't work out. So yeah, I just I hold my phone in my hand and I just stare at my phone and I just do one one part of the face at a time. Mm-hmm. Starting with the nose, then maybe down to the mouth, cheekbones, jawline, chin, up to the eyes, forehead and stuff like that. Just kind of work my way out. Mm-hmm. But um so yeah, after after that portrait that I did of Barack Obama, uh I actually got into a haircut competition in Chicago and I did a, a stencilized picture when I say stencilized, like I didn't create a stencil, but it was like a I got on the internet and I found a two D like a two D version of somebody's face where it's just black and white. There's no shading or anything. And it was of Tupac. I did that at a haircutting competition in Chicago. It was my first competition ever. My hands were super shaky. I was really scared, but it was something I wanted to do and I actually got third place. Yeah. That's so that's got, great. Yeah, I got to walk away <laughs> with a little trophy. <laughs> do you have an artistic background? Growing up as a kid, I drew a lot. I drew a lot of cartoon characters, um, different kind of logos and stuff. And then as I got into like junior high, I started trying to get. I started drawing things that looked more realistic, 
but I never really took art classes growing up. In high school, I did take art for one quarter, I think, but that was it. I kind of wish I took more, but um, so no, it was just something I did on my own free time. There was a couple other kids who I grew up with that drew as well, so it was like a circle of friends that we were always trying to like draw better than the next kid. So I think that kind of really helped because when you're like competing with somebody, it's a little bit of an extra push for you to be that much better mm-hmm. if you kind of have some competition. Well, I so. was wondering about that because your portraits are so intimate. I mean, it, it and, and 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 I should say intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Uh, uh, they are masterpieces, really, and it's just again so hard to describe to the listener. You have to see it yourself to to really believe it. Uh, where did where does your inspiration come from? Usually, what I try to do is create something that I know a lot of people are going to like, and it's something that I liked as well. But if it's like something current that's going on in the world, if somebody passes away or if somebody's doing really good on something, I'll do like a portrait of them because then I know it'll sh- it'll get shared. It'll go. It'll get tagged a lot more on social media, and for me, it's it's for me to put my work out there so people can see what you know they can see what I can do. So anytime there's something like I said, uh, current going on, I'll I'll try to do a picture of them. Mm-hmm. So in I think you said in two, probably 2016 you did one of Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. when his campaign was really taking off, and uh, that's just one example. But um, but. Uh, but that make, that makes perfect sense to really have it mirror what's happening mm-hmm. um, socially. You own several successful businesses now: the the New Style Barbershop on Fifth Avenue in Moline, and then your hair academies on Avenue of the Cities. H- how did you originally get into this business? So originally, okay, I when I was a kid, I always liked to have my hair specific. I wanted my hair a certain way. I always liked to put gel in my hair, and I always wanted to look good. You know, so. There was times where my mom couldn't take us to a barber, so she would cut our hair, and she would. It would, you know, obviously your mom's cutting your hair; it's not going to be that great. So I <laughs> we would, won't tell her that. Yeah, I would try to fix it myself, <laughs> and so I would get the clippers and I'd cut pieces here and there, and just try to make it better than what she did. And I actually kind of got good at it. So the times where I would go to a barber, I would study the barber. I would sit there and watch him. His name was Bill Madison. Um, and that was right here. And you grew up in Rock Island. Yes. He used to cut up the lion's mane in Rock Island. So, And he actually owned a barber college as well. And so I would really just study what he would do, you know, his hand movements, how he would hold the comb, and that kind of thing. And so then for the times where I had to, you know, I had to cut my own hair, I would, you know, kind of try to do the things i seen him doing. And um, I just got good at it. So... I finally was able to cut my own hair, and, and it almost looked like I went to a barber to get my hair cut. So I really didn't have to pay a barber anymore to cut my hair because I had a three-way mirror in my mom's house. So I would just have the sides come out so I could see the back of my head. And then pretty much after that, I started cutting my brother's hair, cutting friends' hair in the neighborhood, and I kind of just went from there. Mm-hmm. People would come to me. I'd cut their hair. And and you went to barber school, I understand, in mm-hmm. high school. Yeah, So when I and then when I got to high school, they had a barbering program where you can leave halfway through the day. You had to be a, at least a junior in high school. So in 11th grade, uh, they had what they call as the Area Career Center, which still exists now. So kids can get out, you know, halfway through the day, go finish the rest of the day off at the uh, barber college and still get full credit for being in school. And then, you know, you get a grade, all that just the same way you would if you were just in your high school you know, doing some other kind of class. So I did that my junior and my senior year. And so uh, by the time I graduated high school, I was pretty close to being done with it, but I kind of quit going for a little while because I wanted to go to Blackhawk to take some business classes. 
because barbering, I mean, it was something I always wanted to do at that point. I, I knew I wanted to cut hair and be a barber, but I thought maybe I could try something else. And if that doesn't work out, I know for a fact the barbering is a backup plan as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, so, you know, it's not just being a barber, which I know you're, you're obviously very skilled at it, but mm-hmm. you, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, you own several businesses, which is which is really great. And I think it's um, I think it's lovely that you open your barber shop in Florisante. It's really nice to see businesses come into that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was just a really good location for me. Um, you know, growing up, my dad was from Mexico. And he spoke Spanish as growing up, so I did know some Spanish. But then I also took it in high school. So once taking it in high school, I really learned like the the, the real educated way of speaking Spanish. So a lot of my clientele were Mexican because uh, before I graduated high school, I actually moved in with my dad's house into my dad's house, and he lived in the Florissanta neighborhood. And so like people, I had I actually had a barber station in my dad's basement. People in the neighborhood started finding out about me cutting <laughs> hair in the basement. <laughs> and I'm serious. Like, next thing you know, there's literally strangers knocking on my door. Hey, I heard somebody here cuts hair. You know, the haircuts are, you know, I heard they're good or they're cheaper or whatever. And I'm like older people, w- women with kids. I might be in the middle of eating. Someone shows up knocking. My dad's like, hey, someone's here to get a haircut. So, like, I literally leave my dinner plate there, go cut their hair, and then come back to eating. So, like, it, you know, I was like, I think about 17 at that time. And so I just was getting a lot of clientele from the area just off that. So that's actually what gave me the idea to want to put a barbershop down there because there was an older gentleman down there who was pretty much close to retiring. And then there was a lady that cut hair in the area, but she did more like salon, you know, like more like women's haircuts. So I figured, you know, I know all the newer styles and trends. I'd, it'd be perfect for me to set up down there because there's nobody else down there who can speak Spanish, and communicate with the Latino community. And I figured it, it's a win-win. Yeah. No, it's perfect. There's so much more to uh, barbering than just cutting hair. It really is an art form. And and talk about this this term, um, hybrid barber. How would you describe that? A hybrid barber is pretty much somebody who can do a little bit of everything. You know, you're just not stuck on one thing or one – you don't just have one skill as far as cutting hair. You know, I can do portraits. I can do logos and designs. I can cut short hair, long hair. Um I'm still trying to get better with cutting women's hair, but usually you would throw that in with the other skills that someone would have in order to consider themselves a hybrid barber. You know, that's one of the things we're trying to create at the the barber school that I have is hybrid barbers, somebody who can not only master barbering as far as cutting the men's hair, but as well cutting women's hair. So... That's what I would say mm-hmm. we would consider a hybrid barber. Yeah. Your school, you just opened up in uh, February of 2018. Mm-hmm. This yeah. year, how's that going? It's actually going pretty good. Uh, I figured, you know, with my name in the community, as far as being good at cutting hair, it's just perfect thing to do. You know, use that to to, to pretty much market myself uh, and just to create a school. And that with that vibe, I figured people would come in, you know, like the fill the dreams. If you build it, they will come, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, so it's perfect timing, yeah. really, with your, yep. you know, with your reputation and name growing. Um, people all over the Quad Cities are aware mm-hmm. of what you do, and it, it is really special. Uh, I was wondering, do you feel that the desire for self-expression is is changing or evolving? And because hair, how we look, is is a it's definitely a form of self-expression, and what you're creating is a very unique look. Definitely. Like right now with uh, platforms such as, you know, Instagram, with, I mean, social media period, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, a lot of people are really trying to uh, have their own. It's just it's more of a 
just, I don't know, self-expression is just so much more nowadays than it ever, ever has in the past. Because in the past, the only people that see you was like your family and the people that you're around, your, 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 uh, the people you work with or the people you go to school with. But now you can get on Instagram and you can create this whole different character of who you really want to be in a way to self-express or to, to express yourself. You know, whether it's you have some funky uh, style of clothes that you wear or some, some shoes that you create or your hair. So now it's just the whole fashion, the way you look, your hair, your clothes, everything right now is just so amped up because of social media that it really helps with the barbering industry because it it as well is growing. You know, barbers nowadays, they're bringing back the old trends, the hot towel shaves. They're even throwing extra stuff in there like facials, um, you know, the black masks that you put on. And then when you peel them off, it pulls all your pores, you know, pulls stuff out of your pores. Um just it's a, a lot it's of a stuff. Whole industry. It's a whole in industry, and then yeah, so yeah. it's it's this it's this professional look, but at the same time, these barbers look cool because they have tattoos, you know, the role models in the communities, and so it's just a lot. It's just one of those industries that a lot of young people are really trying to, uh, you know, jump into right now, and it's it's a big trend. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been so successful. You have a contract now with Wall Clippers mm-hmm. and have been uh, one of their platform artists and educators since 2016. What's what's the most satisfying aspect of that? So um, one of the things that I've always feared was public speaking. I, I was never good at being able to get in front of people and talk. But once I started doing what I, you know, uh, educating for Wall – there's no, you have no choice. You have to st- sit in front of, or stand in front of classrooms of people, anywhere from 20 to 50 people, and you have to demonstrate how to cut hair to them. And I think what really helped me break out of that, sh- that fear that I had was the fact that I'm talking about something that I know, you know, cutting hair is, I know it so well that I shouldn't be afraid to sit there and talk to anybody about it. And it actually helped me get over that fear. So like, Recently this year, I had a class. I had 450 people attend. I have a mic on. I'm on a stage, and it's just me. And I have to be able to not only teach these people and educate them on the techniques I'm you know, displaying to them, but I have to kind of entertain them. So I have to have a personality. I have to have some humor. And I've learned how to do all that because yeah. of the opportunity that I was given to me working for Wall. So, I mean, it's it's been fun, you know, getting up there, teaching people, and um you know, you get a lot of people coming up to you after the class thanking you because you showed them things that other people whose classes they attended to didn't explain to them or didn't show them. So I really try to break it down to a real science, and I, and I teach it as if I'm teaching somebody who's brand new. I, I know sometimes my, my attendees are uh, they're people who are been in the hair business for 30 years, but I still break it down to them as if they're, you know, fresh, they, as if they don't know anything of what I'm saying. And it just really helps them. I understand you've had some television experience as well. Yeah. So a few years back, I was selected to be on a TV show with Cedric the Entertainer on the CW. It was called Cedric's Barber Battle. And I actually flew out to Houston, Texas and was in a barber competition. So every episode, there was 10 episodes and each episode had three barbers. And the barbers were given a, a challenge. Whoever placed last on that challenge went home and were eliminated from the show. The second day, the two barbers that were left were given another challenge, and whoever won, I mean, you win. You know, you win for your episode. So I was on that, and I actually won. 
That's and, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really cool too to be around Cedric the Entertainer because he actually doesn't have a script. He goes out there and he pretty much freestyles everything. They just kind of explain to him, hey, this scene, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, maybe talk about this or that. And you can kind of see him like rehearsing it in his mind. And he's just like, all right, I'm ready, let's go. And he just kills it. Like that dude is very talented at what he does. So I don't know if other people do that as well or if they usually use script, but it was cool to see that. So anyways, like I I did win some money off that TV show. I won like $15,000. And that's actually what I used. I invested that money into opening up my barber college. So it was cool to go to, you know, participate in a in a barbering event and then use my money to create something else so that I can create a platform for people who want to become barbers. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of it was it, it feels good to to do that. To do the smart thing with the money uh-huh. and not go what, buy a brand new car or something, you know. <laughs> for to win that $15,000, what was your winning cut on that show? My winning cut was a Actually, what I did was I cut an army tank on the side of a guy's head. <laughs> yep. And then on the back, I cut the – it was like a United States Army eagle that had like a shield in like in the middle of its chest. And then on the right side of the head, I actually etched in the words U.S. Army. Wow. And that was all done live while people were watching, while was, you were being filmed. It was done live. We actually cut – the challenge took place inside of a military museum in Houston, Texas. It was about 120 degrees in there, and I was drenched in sweat. And uh, the show was not only just about cutting hair, but we had to be good at 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 uh, talking smack to our opponents. <laughs> so we had to, you know, look at their work and make fun of what they were doing. And <laughs> that sounds great. It sounds like a amped up, a little bit more interesting take on the the yeah. cooking show. It's like you're chopped or something like that. That's kind of how it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was fun. Well, Miguel Rosas, thank you so much for talking today. For those listeners who've not seen Miguel's work. Check out his Instagram posts at NewStyle84 or on the NewStyle Barbershop Facebook page because they are amazing. You can also visit his businesses in person, either at the Barbershop on Fifth Avenue or at the NewStyle Academy on Avenue of the Cities in Moline. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Kell.